You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball. Stay informed by making us part of your routine. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Just subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And today's episode of Locked On Kentucky is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, Kyle, John Calipari had his final coffee with Cal on Monday night with a bunch of coaches where he announced his new initiative to help create more opportunities for minorities in sports, uh, in, in the sports business world, uh, specifically in colleges. Uh, he announced that it's called the McClendon uh, Initiative, the McClendon uh, Minority Leadership Initiative is the name of it. Uh, additionally, he spoke with the media this morning, Tuesday morning, and uh, covered a wide range of subjects, including uh, Olivier Sars' eligibility, uh, the bubble that seems to be working really well for, for UK basketball. Uh, he talked about his hair, uh, also pointed out that another uh, reporter's hair is not looking too good either. Uh, so, he, so he talked about a bunch of different things, including wanting to see the college basketball season return. Uh, I'll I'll leave it to you. Where, where do you want to start with all that? Uh, well, we can. I think we should start with the purpose of the uh, of the call. And the first twenty five or thirty minutes were dedicated to um, him breaking down sort of the details of this initiative that he's really been a leader and, and spearheaded uh, from from the start. I mean, he debuted the idea on one of those uh, coffee with Cal um, episodes. Um, I believe it was the one where he had Tommy Amaker and, and Victor Oladipo and all those guys on to uh, read yeah. Travis to have a discussion about race. That was a month or so ago, a couple, couple months ago now, I guess. Um, and this has all moved pretty quickly um, where they've gotten tons of high-profile coaches uh, in football and basketball. Uh, Mark Stoops is on board, um, Tom Izzo and others. Um, and Calipari's part of it, I think, is really interesting. I mean, this isn't just he, – he made a joke today that, you know, they call me the idea man, and then somebody else has got to follow through and execute. And he said that Dwayne Peavy, which is often the case, Dwayne Peavy or Eric Lindsay or T.J. Beisner, one of those guys that sort of among his right-hand men um, end up having to execute the idea that he comes up with. However, and that was that's the case here, uh, Peavy's overseeing, I think they're going to have five – of the uh, interns, I guess you'd call them, um, on UK's in UK's athletic department um, each year, and Dwayne will, I think, be a part of. Fi- I think he said finding out where there's a need, you know, where they could use. Um, you know, now, to be clear, they wanted they wanted to make clear that these are real jobs, not bogus internships. So yeah, yeah, they're paid. Yeah, they're they're yeah. getting paid. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess you'd call it an internship just because it's, it's a sort of a training and learning opportunity. Yes. Cal, Calipari's, um, frequent, uh, buzzwords on this are, are, uh, access and opportunity. You know, so we're not handing anything to anyone, but we, you've got to give there, there are so many, you know, sort of acknowledging privilege. You know, there's so many of us that, uh, just innately get, end up with access to jobs like this, um, 
and a lot of minorities don't. And so just this is an opportunity to increase the access and opportunity for uh, minority candidates to work in athletic departments in all these areas that you would work in um, if you were aspiring to be uh, in athletics administration, to be an associate AD, to eventually be an AD. Um, right. You got to work in, you know, you, you start in ticketing. Like my brother-in-law is an associate, associate AD now uh, at Lipscomb and, you know, you start out in ticketing and then marketing and, you know, uh, oversee, uh, you know, booster relations or whatever, donor relations, things like that, media relations. You can, Dwayne Peavy took that route. He went through the right. media relations department and now mm-hmm. is the second in command at Kentucky and, and I would think will be an AD very soon. Um, but well, it's definitely not a handout. It's, I mean, they require them to first have a bachelor's degree. I think Calipari even floated the idea about a master's. I don't know if that's the actual, um, one of the, one of the requirements, but you do have to have a bachelor's degree and then you go through a screening process an application process. So, um, it's definitely not a handout. They're looking for people who are, are qualified and have a drive for this and will take advantage of this opportunity. Yes. And, and just to complete that thought about, you know, I'm the idea guy he is here. And, and there are a lot of other people that are putting this sort of machine into motion. It's a lot of moving parts. And Cal said, we've, we've got to co- go all these coaches that are stepping up to play. We've got to go coach our teams now and do our, you know, we can't be managing the day to day, but he hasn't, he has put his money where his mouth is on this idea. Uh, he is funding. I think he said five of these um, positions yeah. each year for six years. So 30, I guess 30 full-time salaries over the course of six years. That's not a small amount of money. No. Um, and, and so he's ponying up for that. Uh, I think there are some other coaches um, around the country who've said, you know, they and their wives, their families are, are going to sponsor one or two or however many. I think Cal now, that Perry, seems to be the, the idea. I mean, from what I can tell, the model is that the point of funding for the, for these, for this program comes from the coaches. It's going to be the coaches that are the, the point of funding for it. And it's going to be kind of up to them to get corporations and others to get matching funds to, to yeah. fund it. Well, and you know, it'd be interesting because this in a lot of places, maybe all places, this could be incredibly fortuitous timing for these folks that are getting these jobs uh, because of the fact that they're being funded outside of the university. They're not, they're not being funded by the schools or the athletic departments, which by the way, the, all of, all of which are going to be making cuts, uh, not adding positions. Right. Uh, and there's going to be a lot, you know, I think there's going to be some real belt tightening in all these athletic departments and jobs going away and furloughs and things like that. There, there will be you know, ripe opportunities for people uh, who are coming into these jobs to, you know, make an impact, maybe step in, fill a void where somebody else has been laid off or is furloughed for a month or whatever, however these departments are trying to make up for the economic shortfall. Um, and so it is a huge deal that these very highly paid coaches are, are uh, making up that gap with, with coming to the table with the fund. So I think it's, I think it's great. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting. Cal Perry said they, you know, they had hired us basically a staffing company because he, his worry was what if a thousand people apply when this link goes live, you know, uh, yeah. You know, how will we sort through them? And this company said we can handle that in, in a couple of weeks, and we can we'll cull them down. You'll be two hundred right off the top that aren't qualified, and you know then you'll have a smaller group. And then you know basically, my wife works in staffing. That's what they do. They they bring they go through the pile of applications, knowing what the employer wants, the basic requirements, and the type of people that they're looking for. Uh, my wife's company does, and this I assume this staff, staffing company will as well. And then they they hand you ten applications instead of a hundred, you know, or, yeah. or twenty five instead of a thousand. Um, 
and then there'll be committees that'll be choosing at each of these schools um, who's going to get these jobs. And, and then the other piece of that is Cal said, you know, ask the guy what happens to the, you know, 400 who don't get it or whatever they end up, uh, whatever that number ends up being. Uh, he said, well, they'll go into my database and anytime there's a job or, you know, elsewhere, uh, if they're a qualified candidate, they're going to be right there. So, so this is going to create a bunch of opportunities even beyond um, the intended uh, opportunities. And, you know, I'm, I'm often inclined to be cynical as all of us probably, you know, and all of us should be skeptical, uh, you know, when anybody makes a, a big promise uh, or a big commitment like this, but I can't find anything that I don't really like about this, this plan and this program. I think it's awesome. Uh, it's a great thing to do. Um, it's an incredible thing Cal Perry's doing. And, and just that all of these coaches jumped on board. And he, as he mentioned today, when that many coaches with that, you know, that many big name coaches get on board, it puts some real pressure and he didn't want it to sound like they were holding anybody hostage, but it just by, by nature of it puts pressure on athletic departments and athletic yeah. directors and conferences uh, to step up to the table. And, you know, these athletic directors can't just go, Oh, we, we can't find any candidates. <laughs> you right. know, the, the coaches have brought them right to your door. Um, so I, I, it's all to me, it's just, a very, very good thing that, that all these guys are doing. That's one thing you can always say about Calipari when he, when he sees, you know, something that needs to be done when he sees an opportunity, um, you know, to change, to affect change in a positive way that he thinks he can, he, he steps up, he's done it time and time again. I mean, who else has, has done anything like this? No one. He's the only, only guy that, you know, since, um, the response to the death of George Floyd were, you know, our, our nation started thinking more about how uh, we could all uh, view things a little bit differently. He, he said, Hey, I'm, we're going to do something, you know, I'm going to stop. I'm going to listen. I'm going to learn. And then I'm going to do something. And he has absolutely done something here. And then picking the name, John McClendon, who um, uh, studied under James Naismith uh, at Kansas. And he was the first black coach at a, predominantly white school. He's a first black coach uh, in the pros, the Denver Rockets of the ABA. Uh, and by the way, he also coached at Kentucky State. Uh, so appropriately named as well. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Calipari on Olivier Saar, his eligibility, on the bubble, on his hairstyle, and more when we continue here on Locked On Kentucky. But first, I want to tell you about rockauto.com. I'm sure you've, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard me many times talk about it. And it's just, it's just a no-brainer to go to rockauto.com instead of going to one of those big chain stores that sell auto parts because they're essentially just going to do what you would do by going to rockauto.com. You're going to walk in. You're going to say, I need this part. And they're going to say, well, there's so many parts in the world of automobiles these days that we just we can't possibly have all of them. So I'm going to need to look it up and order it for you. Uh, are you a professional mechanic or are you a do-it-yourselfer? Uh, I'm a do-it-yourselfer. Oh, well, then it's going to cost you more than it would if you're a professional mechanic because some of these auto parts stores, they have different levels. If you're, if that's what you do for a living, they give you a break. If, if, you're, if you're just a regular consumer, they don't give you a break. They charge you more. But they don't do that at rockauto.com. Reliably low prices at rockauto.com. So whatever part you need, you just go to rockauto.com type it in, you're going to get the same reliably low price that anyone would get, and you're going to get it delivered right to your door. It's just that simple. There's really no reason 
to mess around with the big chain auto parts stores. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck or SUV. Write locked on so that you can, uh, in, in that box, so that they can know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky. And John Calipari was on a Zoom call uh, from the Jersey Shore with the media this morning, uh, which was highly entertaining, uh, if only for the talk about his haircut. He said that everybody's been telling him his hair looks like shit. uh, And he's like, well, then all you've done is make me go, well, now I'm going to grow it just to spite you. I can't imagine Calipari doing anything just because he knows it would annoy people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. He even said to his wife that, you know, because she doesn't like the beard, he may grow it even longer now. But then he... He calls out John Hale of the, the Courier Journal. Boy, yeah. <laughs> and says, so I, I'm looking at John Hale over here. He, he looks like shit too. <laughs> yeah, that was great. He's like, he's got it a ball was. cap on. What, what's wrong? What, I don't know what's going on with his hair. And John piped it up. Going it was, sideways. It was great because when when John piped up, it like cut to the to what would have been his face, but he had turned it all off his camera, uh, <laughs> and so it was just like a faceless little machine, right? Um, and it was, the whole thing was very funny. And he said, did you do this on purpose or like, are you cheap? Or are you just trying to make a statement? <laughs> and right. John said both. Uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, and, I believe look, it, John I believe... Hale has been around here for many years. Uh, I would say what, 2010, 2009, something like that when he started in the media and he first came in just very quiet. He's still probably, I mean, I guess most people would view him as a quiet guy reserved. And so it's funny. Um, and he's, he's become more open and you can, you know, see his personality a little bit more over the years as he's, uh, grown up and become more comfortable. Uh, but, uh, for, for John Calipari to, to single out him, I think, uh, that's pretty good. That was awesome. Uh, I think John said it was like the third time he's ever said his name. Right. Uh, <laughs> hey, at least he knows you're you're there. You're writing yeah. about him. Yeah, he's familiar the, with uh, the other the other uh, moment with Jerry Tipton was pretty funny. Uh, he and Jerry that that's a long running issue. Yeah, that's uh, been that, going on for a while. Cal, Cal Jerry's the only person that Calipari calls by name almost every time he sees him. Uh, right. And today he was like, "Unmute yourself, Jerry." Uh, and Jerry, uh, never one to back down without a, a back, a, a, a response said, uh, I'm coachable. So, uh, that was, that was good. We, it was, we had a good day. Everybody, you know, Cal was, I think Cal was in a very good mood. Uh, he looks, uh, rested. <laughs> I think he's been on vacation for months now. Uh, he's grown out the beard. He's grown out the hair. Uh, he's got a tan from the beach. And, you know, as he said, somebody asked him, finally, we got around to, uh, basketball stuff about his team and, and just basketball. Uh, Kent Spencer asked him if he was worried about the season being in jeopardy. Um, and he said, he'd just be guessing if he said, but, you know, gave an answer to that, but he said, I hope we play because I have a great team. Uh, yeah. I think he was uh, feeling pretty good uh, about the roster said everybody was on campus now that uh, everybody's in as tight a bubble uh, as you can get. At Kentucky, I think he, the way he was describing it is that, that they have them locked down more than almost anybody. 
they're in a lodge, yeah. one room. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I think we talked about on the podcast, I've written a story, uh, Keon Brooks's dad walked me through sort of the parent meeting about the bubble a couple months ago, what the plans were going to be. Um, and it sounded pretty much like that. You know, they're, they're not sharing rooms. They're not sharing bathrooms uh, at the lodge right now. Um, they walk to the scrub down practice facility. They're in there only two at a time, one guy on each end shooting at, at their own baskets right now. Uh, Calipari said he and the staff can't start working with them until next week, uh, the July 20th. So he hasn't seen him yet. He's still at his beach house. Um, but he seemed really upbeat and, you know, he, he talked like a guy who felt good about what was all happening. And I think the biggest, biggest news out of that, I asked him, uh, what the latest on Olivier Saar was and his, uh, application for a waiver to play immediately to the NCAA. Uh, and Cal said they're confident. Uh, I said, you know, you, you, you don't want to be too confident until you, you hear it's a done deal, but that they feel pretty confident that, that he said he had a strong case. Um, and he pointed out everybody that has uh, left Kentucky has pretty much that wanted to has been approved uh, to play right away. Aquatic Green, Jamal Baker, uh, John, uh, Johnny Juzang more recently. And so I think his, his indication was, I hope, I hope that applies to guys that are coming into us as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that looks to be pretty good. We'll talk more about that in the second segment, but, um, you know, Calipari said he's, he's excited again. Like he, he, you know, uh, assuming the season happens, like he's, he has that optimism that they'll, they'll be able to play. Uh, so he's thinking that way and he's got to prepare that way to prepare his team. Um, but he's just kind of going over what, you know, he may do when he gets back. Cause I, I, I think it's the 20th is that what he said the 20th when he can like be around him because because right now he he can't even you know he can't meet with him or anything like as far as like in person working with him or anything like that so it looks like it's the 20th uh that he'll be able to actually go and i guess work with him a little bit and he said he wanted to use this time to kind of separate by being in the greatest shape and being great shooters. Cause that's all they can do right now is just shoot the ball. Um, but I guess as far as on court skill instruction, that'll begin maybe next Monday. And then he said his hope is within a week or so they go three on three and then five on five because they've all been in a bubble and they've been negative. And so, I mean, it's like a, just like the family concept, like my wife and my two kids, we're all together. We're in our own bubble and we're, we can be around each other without masks because we're, we're in our own bubble. And so right. I think that's kind of the, the idea here is you create your bubble with uh, 20 people, you know, inside that bubble. That's not too hard to manage a 20 person bubble uh, where you could keep the sickness out. Yeah, I mean the the key thing that Cal said was you know you can do those things you can be like a family you can you know feel better <clears throat> excuse me feel better and secure about it if nobody breaks the bubble <laughs> yeah uh, that's going to be especially when the rest of the student body comes back and there are friends and girls and <laughs> all of that on campus again you know can you keep can you keep those guys locked in uh, can you trust that everyone will stay in that bubble and not expose themselves because if, if one, if one of them does and, and gets it, uh, then that whole concept 
get shot to hell and all your whole team gets sick. So, uh, you know, it, it's great news that they're, they are where they are right now. I think it's great news. I don't think we've even talked about this because uh, we haven't recorded since it happened, but that they are now testing for active cases at UK, which they weren't initially, that they yeah. tested – I think 166 or something like that total players and staff for football and zero positive tests. Right. Um, that's all great news and we need some great news. And, and there's a, I think there was a, uh, some news today that uh, was some good news about one of the vaccines that it, uh, looks like it is effective. Um, you know, we need some great news, but uh, all of the, all of that is so uh, tenuous like it just it could all change and go south so fast if they're if, if they're not diligent um well so it doesn't that, feel like to me and, and we've seen this you know uh pete thamel and dan wetzel and pat 40 uh stuff that they've come out with recently i mean pete thamel's article the other day see right for yahoo or si i can't uh, remember but it doesn't yahoo, matter what, yeah if you look him up on twitter and you read his article I mean, he makes some really good points, but it's all so pessimistic. I mean, he's basically just saying, it's over. We're not playing football. Forget it. It's done. However, I look at something like what UK is doing in football and basketball and how how they've had success here. And I understand also they're student athletes, and why would you – uh, why would you expect them to take risks that you wouldn't ask the rest of the, the students to take? So if you said to the rest of the students, we're going to do online classes only, but athletes, uh, we want you to be on campus because you have to be on campus in order to play basketball and play football. That honestly would be the best chance at actually playing those, those seasons. I think because you don't have all the other students for them, you can kind of still control the bubble. You don't, you don't have to expand the bubble. And then you could maybe say uh, to the students, okay, here's a, to the players, the athletes, here's a piece of paper that says you're choosing. If you want to, you choose to play. You're, you're saying, I do want to do this. Not, not a waiver on anything on, uh, on the health issue, but just to the point of the rest of the students are doing online classes. You still get your scholarship. You can do online classes with your scholarship and not be on campus and not play. That's your choice. I mean, I, mean, I, I could see where the optics wise, it would get a lot of, you know, uh, pushback there. But at the same time, don't tell me that Terry Wilson does not want to play football this season. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think there's a huge number of guys that if you said, look, this is going to be a risk and this is what it is. Do you want to play? You can, you can make that choice, you know, give them all good options if they don't want to play. I think you'd have a ton of people that would still play. Uh, I think the question is whether you should leave it up to those guys. Um, I mean, they are adults, but also, you know, we don't leave it up to them when they have a concussion. Uh, True. Because these guys, I mean, these guys want to play. Yeah, I'll never forget. I, I think I can't. Remember, I think it was Ashley Lowry. There was a UK football player that had a bunch of concussions early in my time here uh, covering the program, and I remember he was just like, you know, got to die someday, or you know, he just said some something mm-hmm. just unbelievable in one of the interviews. Like it's fine. Like they don't want me to play. That's my fifth concussion, but you know, I got to you know, 
my mom is scared. My, I think he said my mom is scared for me and all like all this stuff, but I'm going to play. Um, right. I mean, that's right. the reason they've made these rules to protect players from themselves. Players don't always act in their best interest in their, in their physical best interest because they want to play football. And so many of them have uh, paydays on the line, you know, trying to, yeah. trying to put together a great season and go get paid. Um, and so, we, you know, there are plenty of instances, and it's just like with masks, when people are like, don't take away my rights, tell me to wear a mask. Like, well, they make you wear a seatbelt or you get a ticket. They make you put your children in restraints or you go to jail. Uh, can't smoke they, in public. You, know, you can't smoke in public. There's a number of things that, I mean, technically are taking away your freedom to choose because sometimes we just don't choose properly. Uh, yeah, I mean, what would you think of me if I am riding in the car with no seat belt on my wife or my two kids in the back seat, I've got the windows up and my wife and I are smoking cigarettes. Right. Right. Is that, is that all right? That's I mean, my right by God. And you're drunk, you know, by the way, <laughs> I mean, is it, it's, is it not taking away a right to say you can't drink and then get in a car? Um, yeah. Because one, it's protecting you Two, it's protecting others. And that's the thing about COVID. It's not just, protecting these players from themselves. It's not just telling Terry Wilson, if you want to play, you can play. Cause if you want to risk yourself, fine. Cause he's not just risking himself. If he gets sick, right. You know, nobody is just risking themselves if they get sick with this. Um, and so that's the hard part. Like I, I'm extremely hopeful that they can find a way to do it. Um, where everybody feels like it's as safe as it can be. I, I'm not a person that thinks we have to get to zero risk uh, because that's just not how life works. And, you know, the season goes on again. The season does go on when they get the flu. I don't. I don't compare the coronavirus to the flu like so many sort of deniers about how serious it is. But but we do get to a point with the flu where look, I mean, we know that that you can get the flu and you can give it to somebody else who has it compromised and they can die. Um, and everybody goes out and gets a vaccine and we we hope for the best. Uh, there is risk. There's some sort of accepted mitigated risk out there. Uh, I hope we get to that point. I hope we get to the point where we we've we are as safe as we can be, and the risk is low. And we say there is risk, but we don't feel like it's going to be a cat- catastrophic disaster uh, if yeah. we move forward. Um, and that we don't know. I, I do think it was smart that the SEC decided to wait um, to make any final grand decisions. You know, until the end of this month, I think at least. Um, I am relatively pessimistic right now just because I think I think what happened with two of the power conferences going to 10 excuse me 10 game uh conference only schedules um and then especially Greg Sankey coming out and having some very pessimistic thoughts mm-hmm. publicly that was a game changer to me. I think that's why a lot of people have now gone and then you've got you know Patrick League and Ivy League are moving to the spring so they're not playing football in the fall. JUCO football is no longer uh, going to play in the fall, which is a huge deal for a lot of recruiting purposes. You're not going right. to you know, see your, your your instant impact JUCO guys play this season before you sign them. Um, you know, all those things together with with the pessimism for the, from the leader of the SEC, which is the the most important domino in this. Uh, to me has cast doubt fresh and stronger than ever doubt on whether they can play the football season this fall, but I don't think it's dead in the water. And I think everybody involved is going, including going, you know, going to conference only they're going to, they're going to take it to the last possible realistic idea 
What about yeah. this? What about this? What about this? They will take it right. to the last pot. They will, they will throw the Hail Mary on, yeah. you know, September 1st to try to get a season in. Um, I do think it's kind of not looking good right now, but I don't think well, it's, I've even seen I don't like think play it's over four, play four in the fall and play six in the spring. Like they, they're willing to try whatever, but with Greg Sankey uh, saying what he said, cause he could have said the opposite. He could have tried to keep it upbeat and said, well, let's just wait, you know, a couple more weeks, maybe another month. Things could change completely because two weeks ago, we weren't thinking the way we're thinking now. So a lot can change in two weeks, so we'll just see. But instead, I think he laid the foundation for the folks in the conference where it just means more that maybe you should brace yourselves. Just start to start to get used to that idea uh, so that it's not so shocking and hurtful and disappointing when it happens because it's very, very possible. We got to take another break. We got one more break to take. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Olivier Saar when we return here on Locked On Kentucky. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky for the final segment and to talk about Olivier Saar because John Calipari said uh, on Tuesday morning that he was uh, very confident. I uh, want to throw in this too, by the way, forgot. The SEC has delayed the start of volleyball, soccer, and cross country until August 31st. For UK, that means volleyball's opening weekend is out. It's not happening now. Uh, women's soccer, four games scheduled prior to August 31st. So those are at least postponed at the very least. Cross country not really affected too much. They only had like three regular season meets last year anyway. Men's soccer, in case you didn't know, not even in the SEC. UK men's soccer plays in Conference USA. One other note, Musa Cisse is announcing Wednesday at 4 o'clock, and he's got it down to Georgia, LSU, LSU Memphis, Georgetown, Florida State, and Kentucky. Uh, as far as Cisse goes, you say, Kyle, uh, no, I don't think he's coming to Kentucky. Uh, I think, what is it, Auburn, Kentucky, Memphis? Is there somebody else in there? Uh, it's Georgia, LSU, Memphis, Georgetown, and Florida State. Oh, Auburn's not in there. Um, no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm confusing my, uh, my big men. Uh, I think LSU, I would guess LSU, Memphis would probably be uh, the strong contenders there. I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be um, Kentucky, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about that. But um, I've not really seen a lot of buzz for Kentucky either. Um, he's really good; they could use him. Um, he's another guy that you know you don't know is he um, you know going to play college basketball? <laughs> right? Uh, is he actually going to ever step foot on a campus? I mean, he's a top ten player. Um, in the 2021 class, really, really good shot blocker. I mean, Kentucky could use him for sure a year from now. I mean, they're, they're they Olivier Saar is a rental. He's a one-year guy unless he – there is no season or unless he has to sit out and he decides to stay. But more than likely, they're going to be once again in the market for a high-impact big man. I would, I would think somebody like uh, Jackson would be back uh, for a second season, probably Lance Ware. Um, yeah. But, but they could use a, a high-impact – um, five and he could be that. Um, I, you know, I think he's, he's probably a first round draft pick at some point down the road. Um, uh, I just, I have never gotten the sense that Kentucky was, uh, ever the leader, uh, in that race. Um, 
My my guess is probably Memphis. Well, they do have Kentucky already. Olivier Saar, John Calipari said he's confident. Uh, been just waiting to hear. We feel confident, but you never know till you hear. He's good to go. He's got a great case. We'll wait to hear. And uh, Calipari kind of explained the reason why he thought it's maybe taking longer. It's just because it's Kentucky and it is um, the the best transfer on the market. The uh, the biggest name out there, the best player available to transfer. And when it comes to that, Calipari says they just take a little bit more time. Now he mentioned something about. Uh, I may have said some stuff on Stephen A. Smith that maybe got them mad, the NCAA, and they'll say, great, Star's not eligible. Uh, <laughs> but he says, I don't think they'll do that to the kid. I didn't even hear what he said on Stephen A., but uh, I didn't he, either. he's always railing against the NCAA. Yeah. By the way, just uh, quick, quickly back to Musa Cisse, I went to check out his crystal ball on 247, and everyone is picking Memphis. He's, uh, every, there's a couple undecideds, but everyone that's logged a pick, uh, including their national guys, Brian Snow, Jerry Meyer, uh, Josh Gershon, all, all picking, Memphis. picking Penny, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. They've, they've been on him for a while. Um, uh, Chris Fisher uh, is a Kentucky on the Kentucky site, uh, for two, four, seven, also picking, uh, Memphis. I mean, everybody is LSU writers, uh, everyone involved on all sides is, is picking Memphis there. So, um, all right. but in terms of, sorry, I, I, was going to tease we talked about this kind of tease this piece because it'll be out uh if people are listening tonight on tuesday not quite out but on wednesday morning i'll have a piece up on the athletic um i've been getting uh sort of vibes and information that the folks at kentucky uh including what cal said publicly today but even behind the scenes before today we're getting very confident that uh sar was going to get the waiver um so confident that there you know there's there's starting to be some chatter about it um, and and maybe sooner than later. And so I started working on, I wanted to sort of let people know what is, okay, well, what is Kentucky getting if this kid actually does end up playing this season? I talked to four ACC coaches who coached against him last year, uh, Mike Bray at Notre Dame, who he had the huge game against 30 and 17 late in the year. Uh, Josh Pastner, who knows Cal Perry, worked for Cal Perry and, and uh, coached against SAR at Georgia Tech. Uh, Leonard Hamilton, another Kentucky uh, connection there, uh, Florida State's head coach. Um, and who else did I talk to? Um, Jeff Capel. You said Mike Bray. Uh, right? Yeah, Jeff Capel at, at Pittsburgh. Capel. Uh, who had some really, really, really good things to say uh, about SAR. And then the more interest, probably most interesting piece of it uh, is I finally, after forever of trying, uh, connected with Danny Manning, the former number one pick and the national player of the year at. Kansas big man been been a really good big man coach for a long time. Uh, coached them as an assistant at Kansas and and kind of rode that to this job at Wake Forest before he got fired, leading to SARS transfer. Um, and he'd been really mentoring uh, uh, Olivier Sar, who he recruited over from France, and really not many people knew anything about Sar. And you know, he had averaged about fifteen minutes a game as a freshman, and then seventeen minutes a game, and then twenty or I think 15 minutes and 22 minutes and 27 minutes a game. I mean, he got more minutes, more points, more rebounds, more everything uh, incrementally each year, each of the three years he was at Wake Forest, he got better. Um, and a lot of that was Danny Manning. And so when Danny Manning got fired, uh, that's what put Sar on the market. And 
to my knowledge, Manning had not really talked about it and had not talked about SAR um, since he was fired. And uh, I finally got him and got some really extensive thoughts from him uh, on just what kind of player, what kind of person Olivier SAR is, the, the, the waiver process. Uh, he's very hopeful that, that uh, SAR will get that waiver. So we could talk a lot more about that tomorrow, but I hope people will check yeah. it out on The Athletic. It's a, a pretty good, long, in-depth look from all around the ACC and from the guy who coached him up about kind of who, who this kid is, what he's all about. Yeah, check out the article on The Athletic tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, and then we will be back uh, on Wednesday to talk about it and uh, whatever else goes on. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter, ask us questions. Uh, if you want us to talk about something here, we can do it. I am at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Kyle is at? Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Until then, uh, tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On SEC. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.